take it away, baby. Yeah, this is 2020, a brand new year. And we have been doing this for four years, since 2016. And we are grateful to be able to celebrate that four-year anniversary here today. HB and I are going to be doing some riffing on what that meant and what it has meant to us, as well as all of the other folks that we've been invested with uh, throughout the years. Uh, I think that's kind of important that we highlight some of those memories, uh, some of the people that have uh, spent some time with us, and then, of course, uh, highlighting the ideas that uh, really generate what it is we do. And what it is we do is uh, we actually unite communities. So that's what our focal point is always. And HB is going to run around the corner here and join the yeah, road in there. Yeah, you know, no, really no, the people who watch the Community Voice Radio show—they <laughs> used to be—they used to be rolling in. You're you know, smooth, like, man. You know, not producing and talking today, man. Happy New Year, brother. And to you, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't know, you're just checking this out. This is my twin over the last four years, man. God is so great. Uh, when he introduces people in your life that uh, uh, and, and there's a bond, an instant bond, and then you grow from it. And uh, man, this has been this has been a great ride for four years, brother. Yeah, it has been. I've been uh, loving every minute of it, uh, and we've been navigating some uh, some different kinds of streams uh, throughout these four years: oh, location and, and building new streams and building new streams. That's yeah. true too. Yeah, you got a new gig. I wanted to make sure that we set that up right away at the beginning. Uh, talk to us about the autism initiative, man. Those streams that we talk mm -hmm. about, much like I met you uh, presenting your initiative to the community through this platform, I met. Uh, this beautiful Dr. Jane Yip from uh, Malaysia uh, uh, did work at Harvard, has uh, been around the world more neuroscience and trying to find out different ways to effectively help uh, the world of autism. Mm -hmm. And I met her much like I met you on the radio platform. And then I went out and visited her uh, uh, center uh, where she does the therapy. Mark. <laughs> you know when God takes you somewhere, I always say you can either get spit up on the beach or you can walk to the beach. And uh, I walked to the beach because after I went out there for the first time and I saw some of the things uh, that were necessary and needed in her initiative as far as awareness goes about autism, spectrum disorder, um, and then I started to get data on what's happening in the urban communities and the low-income communities as far as the treatment. Uh, early diagnosis, early treatment in comparison to, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the white Americans in, in the country, I said, I got to come help. Mm -hmm. And so for me coming to help and trying to raise awareness, I went back and did 40 hours to go back to be a re uh, registered behavior technician, mm -hmm. where now I have a client every day that I work with, 15-year-old young man, you know, of course, we can't name names, but I love the little guy but I watched him progress using some of the techniques and therapy. We do one-on-one -on -one therapy. Mm -hmm. So uh, as I went back to, to figure out how I could help Dr. Yip, I fell in love with uh, helping these families and these, these children um, who need resources. Mm -hmm. And Mark, when I tell you, just like every other thing that we've been talking about on, on your show, Working Wolf Radio, uh, to, to be able to go in and say, how can I lend my energy to help some problems mm -hmm. around the problem? Yeah. And that's basically all I do is we know that there's a uh, crime, but there's other elements around crime. We know we've got teenage pregnancies, but there's other problems around teenage. So same thing with autism. So we've got mothers and fathers and sometimes single parents dealing with one child who's autistic, one child is not. So this one child is going to need extra attention. How do we deal with this one child that's not? 
that is lacking and missing some of the, you know, she's abandoned. So now we got more problems than just a problem. So uh, when I went out there, I just said, let me see what I could do and uh, created the Urban Autism Initiative, which now uh, tries to unite other agencies uh, that, that lets people know we can come in on a weekend and give you five to six hours worth of free care. Well, let's, let me, let me ask the question that highlights the urban aspect of this because uh, it's something I've heard you talk about regularly, and I think it's important to say to everybody again, the issue of uh, the African-American community and the uh, need specifically in the African-American community for this particular. Well, well let's be candid, because Convenience Institute is basically a bridge to show uh, a community that you live in and you grew up in. Uh, here's the other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. uh, on the side of the coin that I live on, most of the problems that the African-American, Latino, and I like to always mention low income because that's inclusive of anybody who is not receiving the treatment that's available out there that's top notch. And so uh, in the African-American community, for instance, the average white child who is diagnosed with autism is diagnosed at 6.3 years of age. The average African-American child is diagnosed at 7. years of age, 7.8 years of age. Here's, here's the gap. Mm -hmm. The awareness to go get treatment isn't as intense when we talk about school systems or we talk about the after school programs or whatever it might be mm -hmm. to let African-Americans know. Hence, the average white child after that 6.3 years of age of diagnosis goes to get treatment at 7.1 years of age. The African-American child who's diagnosed at 7.9 years of age doesn't receive treatment until 14.1 years of age. That's a huge gap. That's a huge gap and anybody that knows anything about education, learning, and the mind of a child, yeah. the earlier the better right. in anything. Right. Whether you want them to speak foreign languages, whether you want them to learn uh, uh, calculus, whatever it is you want them to learn, the earlier the better. Because as we get older, some of the tools that we use in one-on-one -on -one therapy don't work. Right. And so hence, okay, if, if I have this knowledge and I have a platform like Radio Next, I have a nonprofit organization that builds and develops programs and awareness is what I'm watching this entity need. Right. Okay, HB. <laughs> That's what my God whispered to me. Okay, HB, how do you go use these tools that I gave you yeah. and make this happen? Don't ask a lot of questions. Go make it happen. Yeah. And this is one of the wonders of uh, not only uh, what we do on this radio program, but honestly the, the uh, relationship that HB and I share. So uh, maybe this is a good place to segue into uh, the connection between black, white, Euro-American, African-American connections that we've made on this program. And I wanted to ask you specifically about that because, you know, this is something that's been near and dear to both of our hearts, um, I think, since the beginning. Uh, from your perspective, uh, how do you think that this has been, how do you think Warp and Move Radio has been beneficial uh, to the black-white communities, uh, interrelationships, all of those kinds of things? I think that uh, you have put your arm on. And you have taken a chance like many people don't because a lot of people have ideology about what they think a community should look like and how to shape it up. You've taken the risk to come in and get hurt. You know, uh, you have taken the risk to say, uh, no matter what my colleagues think, I'm getting ready to keep building this bridge because uh, in truth, what we've discovered in our conversations, Mark, is that we breathe the same air. We love the same God. Uh, we have about 95, we, we, you know, uh, 
certain beverages we might like that are alike. <laughs> Coca-Cola, Pepsi, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the truth of the matter is we have so few differences that make up the, the majority of our, our discord mm -hmm. that you've taken the risk to say, how do I say, okay, we're not that different. Mm -hmm. We're not that different. We speak different languages because of the cultures we come in. We eat different foods because of the culture. That's nothing. When we start talking about uh, spiritually and from a soul-seeking uh, aspect, how do we help build this community together? And how do we know and not be afraid of each other just based on those differences? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How many things, how many, uh, uh, just in terms of percentages, how many uh, black guests do you think we've had in this show? Oh, I would say uh, since I produced this show, at least 70% of your guests, 65% of your guests have been African-American. Um, and it's been, um, it has been untamed. It has not been <laughs> calculated. <laughs> it has not been something staged or set up to say, I'm Mark Echo talking to this black guy. It's yeah. just, you know, your initiative is to say, how do we show this world that we're not that different? Yeah. And we can do this in harmony. Um, One of the things that I think, as I reminisce about this, I've thought about this often, is uh, we've really tackled some tough subjects here. I mean, we haven't shied away from Ooh. difficult issues. Wait till the show after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you know, but that's part of what we're talking about because uh, Reverend Charles Harrison does his show after this show. And this is an African-American man with 10-point coalition who is renowned globally and nationally for the work that he does, but my own community throws darts and spears at this brother for trying to help save his community. And, and the reality is, and that's the reason I said, I commend you for putting your armor on, because anytime you go to try to do something different to make a change, no. man, yeah. the criticism and the ridicule and, and what people say about you and all that, and uh, it, it's amazing. And I just like, I, I'll tell you what's funny for me, though, yeah. as my colleague and yeah. my brother. Yeah. And I've told you this before. I don't, I won't respond to you. I'm letting you know, Facebook, Ray, whoever. <laughs> I just post information and here's what help is. I'm not interested whether you're interested in my opinion or commentary unless you listen to this show and you want to post something. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you post something about what I've said on one of these shows, I really don't care. I just don't care and I'm not commenting on it because I know that that doesn't lead anything but fuel to a fire to let other people who might not have ever heard this show, mm -hmm. who might not know Mark Echo, who doesn't know Harold Bell, to say something because either they're fearful or they're angry about the situation they're living in. Yeah. And I just don't get into the dialogue of uh, commentary on social media like print because sure. it's, it's easy to be a coward. Oh. Print. It very much so. You stand behind uh, some anonymous uh, server someplace and you yeah. just spew whatever you yeah. want to say. So we've uh, engaged all different kinds of topics on this show. I, I remember uh, when I had one of my uh, students come in and we talked about Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling at the, in the NFL games. Uh, we've talked about uh, the Kavanaugh app nomination. Uh, we've talked about, <laughs> talking uh, about a bunch of stuff that got you flagged. <laughs> we've, we've talked about all different kinds of issues, political issues, the differences between liberals and conservatives, and obviously between black and white uh, perspectives on any given topic or issue. I think one of the things that kind of stands out to me, though, within the whole issue of, of ethnic uh, connection, though, is, is this constant 
uh, kind of broadening of conversation that's taken place because of this particular show. We've made all different kinds absolutely, of friends. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think I think when we quit being fair, you what you've done is you've you leveled the fear of uh, people who might not know, might not have dealt in yeah. the world. Because let's be candid. I, uh, I'm an African-American guy that grew up in the heart of Indianapolis, was fortunate enough uh, and unfortunate enough to have to go and move with a biracial couple who were very well to do. Uh, then came back out and, and, you know, just navigated myself through life. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I've been able to see as an African-American different uh, uh, lenses mm -hmm. of how people live. Yeah. And it helps you understand, but when you only live through one lens, then you don't understand right. what other people go through. Right. Uh, hence, you know, like I told you, what drives me to help my community is I've been blessed to see what to do has. Mm -hmm. I came from <laughs> what not to do as, yeah. and I've seen so many different spectrums that I get to say, okay, I understand why these people that live in Westfield are fearful of African-American dudes walking around in hoods and their pants on their butt. But then I've also been around young African-American brothers with a hood on and, and, and pants on their butt. That that's the culture they came from and they're geniuses. Right. And they're, 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 you know, not to be taken. So you can't judge every book by its cover. Right. So, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting, you know, deal, man. And, you know, that's what I think that you have brought is to expose what you think you know might not be what you know. And that's you don't if you don't take the chance to listen. Yeah, and there's the key word is to listen. Yeah, actually shut up and listen would be a really nice tagline for yeah, a lot of folks. And you get blasted for telling people to shut up. Yeah, you know, exactly. Some sensitive right. folks don't want to hear shut up. So the, uh, just before we go to break here, we got about five minutes before we go to break. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about the tagline because I think it's probably a good way to, to connect with what we were just talking about. The tagline for this show for years has been Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14, do good, do good, do good. One of the things that just makes me really upset, I mean, within my spirit, and I try to come across nicely to everybody about this, but one of the things that really gets me upset is, is how all the negative uh, things become the issue. Instead of talking about the good that everybody, all of these good people are doing, that never gets talked about. But you, you have to understand good to, to recognize good. And in the world we live in, and, I, and I'm, I'm just throwing a number out there and I could be wrong, but I would say 75% of the people live in an atmosphere of fear and anger. Mm -hmm. So all someone has to do is on national media say something and mention something about race, mm -hmm. okay? They mentioned about race and the people who are responding, most of them are not even clued into what that racial overtone or that racial comment or what somebody said was a racial comment means. They don't even know. Yeah. Because they, we we are really a dumbed down society. And I hate being rude, but we are we are very dumbed down as far as our knowledge of the Bible. I get, you know, I, I, it's a joke I do with Reverend Harrison mm -hmm. every week about 85% of people coming through your doors ain't reading what you're preaching about. Exactly. I, I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. When, when I talk scripture, people look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and so that lets me know if I keep mentioning scripture and they're not identifying with it. But you can mention Titus 3 to me. And I've read Titus 3. And when you say do good, do good, do good, then I can go on and say, okay, then Titus 4, here's a kind of some things that were going on too. And, and you know, you you can you can start relating in a dialogue mm -hmm. of 
of, of relevance, but most of the time we're talking to a community that's not aware of what we're talking about. Right. Even even in my African American community, right? When they start talking diabetes and all that stuff, if, if they really want African Americans to listen, talk about the sugar. Because African Americans understand the sugar disease, and the sugar is nothing but diabetes. But if you haven't been versed in diabetic language, you're not reaching the people who know about the sugar. And one of the things that we've done on this show is actually bring in people that speak to the issues of health. That we that we bring in people that speak to the issues of medicine. We bring in people that speak to the issues of government. Uh, actually, just before. Uh, the show uh, just before we took the month off over the holidays, uh, we had Josh Hersberger on here that talked about his work uh, on the Capitol uh, steps. Of course, Matt Barnes, uh, the chaplain down there at um, the State House, we've uh, had him on here before. We're going to have Damon Lane from, he's just transitioned out of the mayor's office into Goodwill Industries. Good and man. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to He's coming in next week. Okay. So, uh, my point in saying any of that is to say, there are lots of good people that are doing really good work around Indianapolis, and we really need to focus on those kinds of things. Yeah, okay, we'll deal with some of the hot button topics from time to time, but quite frankly, we need to really focus on the good well, stuff. Well, I see, I'm different. I'm, I'm totally different. I, let, the, let the other people doing hot topics do hot topics, because in reality, we are uh, uh, overindulged with the hot topic conversations, yeah. and I think we need to know that there are more people out in our community doing things that we're trying to do that affect the people that it really can benefit. See, right. see my thing on national politics, and I, you know, I really, really try to steer clear of politics yeah. on this platform because yeah. I really don't care what people do or think, as long as it's about when you step yourself outside of your door. Mm. <laughs> and we come together to say we're serving the community, whether you're a bus driver, whether you're a teacher, whether you're the cook in the cafeteria or whatever, there's a job to be done. Mm -hmm. Our kids need to eat, they need to arrive safely, and they need to be educated. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you do when you go home. I don't care who your lover is. I don't care what faith you breathe. I, I just don't because that's not my business. My job is my scripture tells me it's love my neighbor like I love myself. I am not to be the judge of what somebody chooses to do other than if we say we're coming together on this team. <laughs> now, if we come together on this team to go help some people, mm -hmm. then I expect a certain thing out of you. Right. After yeah. that, I could care less. The issue that uh, HB just raises here just before uh, we take a one-song break is really the issue that all of us as Christians are, or should be, really focused on, and that is to actually love your neighbor as you love yourself. Obviously, Jesus takes his command uh, to us right out of Leviticus 19, the same statement that's made in both Testaments of Scripture. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you on the Wednesdays from 11 to 11.50 in the morning. We have podcasts up on our website. Uh, you can also tag us on my uh, specific and personal Website at warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. Hold on, before we go on break, while there's music playing. Okay. One of my dear friends, Candy Perry, says she really liked what we were saying about the atmosphere of negativity and anger. I've also learned that the majority of those who throw spears and attempts of destruction uh, at agents of change usually haven't stepped out of their own realms of mental <laughs> comfort as agents of change. We have to keep it positive and keep our energy high because eventually when people see that 
they will make changes too. That's Amen. what I'm talking about. We'll Amen. be right back. Uh, Facebook, we're going to stay live. I've got some music here from my cool group site. So we're still Facebook Live. Thanks ever so much for uh, sharing that great comment. And if there are other folks that are listening and want to make a comment about uh, what we're talking about here, HB and I, uh, here today, uh, that'd be great. Uh, just a few kind of commercial break kind of things, those of you staying with us on Facebook Live. Uh, after the song airs, HB will roll back around here. We'll continue our conversation. But I'm still live on but the air he's now. still here. I know. I always have to be careful because, you know, he, he's still got a mic over there. Yeah, and a camera. You know, if I wanted to, I could turn my camera. No, that's your camera. Let me keep your camera on you uh, since your people will get scared to death. And I'll turn mine on me. And if you are listening, we are here live. Dr. Mark Echo Herald HB Bell, we're doing something crazy today. We are rehashing uh, four years of Warp and Wolf Radio, Dr. Mark Echo being on Radio Next. And I am so proud not only to have him on this airwaves, but to call him my brother and my friend. And uh, we, have, uh, we have seen and been through a ride, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, a number of things have happened. Uh, let me just tick off a couple of them. Uh, one of them that's happened is that you've become a board member at the Committee of Citizens. Absolutely proud board member, I might say. There it is. And, uh, and uh, my mom has also adopted you, and you've adopted her. You have a new mom now. I got so. a new mom. At yeah. 57 years old, I got me a new mama. Yeah. And I love her to death, but no, you know, what is beautiful um, is to watch the generation before us uh, embrace this technology. And more than anything mm -hmm. with mom, man, I, I just think that for her to say, okay, look, I can either be comfortable with what I know, mm -hmm. or I'm going to keep learning and growing. And she has done that. She's got a whole community of people that are Dr. Mark Echo fans yeah. out in Colorado. And that's because, you know, she's sharing and, and teaching. Right. You know, how to, you know, stay, stay in, you know, up to date with what's going on in our community. It really does matter. That It's really amazing to me just to, you know, say one more thing here about mom. I love you, mom. I know you're not listening live today, but you'll pick She's up on later watch on. Video. Yeah, she, she goes back and checks my video. I have to be careful of what I say. Because <laughs> I am the cousin Christian yeah. of the two of <laughs> She is uh, really something, you know, at 85, uh, the woman's got a tablet, and she watches everything on her tablet. I don't have a tablet. I just want you to know. I don't even have a tablet. My mom does. She gets all kinds of cool stuff on it. She gets these Marco Polos from uh, her granddaughter, you know, about the great-grandkids and all those good things. But one of the things that she does is she just kind of goes from room to room. She's working and stuff, and she watches us. She listens to us, and she promotes the show, actually. Absolutely. Which is a lot of fun to see. So we're really happy for uh, folks that are listening in Denver. Plus, you know, who knows where else folks might be listening from. Uh, I can tell you this. I know on my little feed uh, over here, I've got some people right now in Brazil listening and welcome in on Facebook and the Cool Groove site. Also, my group. You know, my people from Bangladesh. I told right. that guy, oh, you know, I need to go to Bangladesh, Mark, because I've got some people that love Jumbo Love in Bangladesh. <laughs> there you and, go. Uh, we, but we will be back on live in about. Uh, on the Cool Groove site in about the next 90 seconds. We've got a commercial break on the Cool Groove site, so stick and stay right there uh, on Facebook if you're watching. And then when the song is done and the commercial plays, then we're going to bring my audience back in. Uh, but for the Facebook listeners, and Candy Perry says, thank you, Dr. Echo, for everything you shared today. You are truly appreciated. How do you oh, like that? That's Candy nice. Perry. And Candy Perry's heavyweight, man. Candy Perry is a police officer. And oh, uh, actually talking about bringing some uh, programming with Candy 
onto Radio Next to oh. make sure that we understand a little bit more clear about what's going on in crime prevention in Indiana. Wow. Well, Candy, if you're uh, still on live and listening, I'd love to have you on the show. Uh, it'd be really great to have uh, Officer of the Law here. It would be wonderful. We've had other folks here. Actually, uh, uh, somebody who was who's no longer uh, in that part particular position, but he was actually overseeing the chief of police's uh, uh, organizational structure in Indianapolis, uh, Brian Reeder. Uh, Brian's a friend of mine. You can find him on my Facebook page. Uh, Brian, if you, maybe you're even listening or will notice this later on, but uh, kudos to you, man, and uh, blessings to you in this next stage of life for you down in Florida, of all places. You know, there you go. You get to you get to be in the sunshine. Go ahead, now. big Brian. Yeah. <laughs> That's my man. No, he's a great man. Yeah. I'm sure whatever he's doing in Florida, he's going to do it well. He's down there with his baby girl, I think. And, if uh, you're tuning in on Facebook, we are live on uh, Mark Eccles' page, Dr. Mark Eccles. Uh, the host here for the last four years of Warping Wolf Radio, uh, the uh, executive director for Comenius Institute, a great organization over at Indiana University, Purdue University here in Indianapolis, making sure that our young people have a bridge as they leave home for the first time mm -hmm. uh, and have to make some real, real tough decisions in life. Uh, there's a, there's somebody that they can talk to to make some sense out of the nonsense. And then if you're on my page, Charles H.B. Bell, you know what I do. <laughs> my twin brother right here. We're celebrating uh, four years of Warping Wolf Radio on the cool night. And uh, I guess that would lead into the second segment, man. You know, you and I talk candidly about uh, Radio Next. You've been through my hard times. You've been through times and saved a brother when a brother needed help. Uh, because anytime you last... If you think you're the reason you last, then you're ignorant. Um, and there are times in life where you have to, you know, yell out for help. And there, you know, and my thing about help is this: sometimes I'm going to struggle more than I would necessarily need to versus yelling out for help from a friend that I know isn't judging me or doing something. Because a lot of times we offer help with a, a, a addendum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here is help, but. And what am I going to get out of this? Here is help, but. You know, when you do when here's help, but then it's not real help. And, uh, you know, the times I've had to scream and get help from you, man, you have been so mm -hmm. real about it. Uh, and we just keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, and things always level themselves out. So uh, just in those four years, I want to say thanks, because nine years will be uh, celebrating this thing on this Internet radio platform. Mm -hmm. Number one, I had no clue about. Mm -hmm. what I was doing when I did it. I know right. how to talk. I know what the agendas are in the community I need to. But I had no clue technically about what this is. Mm -hmm. and, and learning how to navigate Facebook, learning how to navigate and go live on location. Mm -hmm. and I, I've been in constant learning mode for the last nine years. It's like I got a doctorate. <laughs> get internet yeah, radio. Yeah, get internet radio. Yeah, you know, somebody, as a matter of fact, Purdue, IUP, if you need somebody to come in and up, you teach this course. I could be an adjunct go. professor like Dr. Mark Eckler. There you go. That's I really your money, too. Yeah. You, you actually came by the oh, my class. Oh, man. Yeah, you had a oh, great time. Man. That is, that's, that's the gift. Oh, you lit up some some of my students, too, man. They I couldn't, couldn't leave. Until, yeah, I couldn't yeah. leave until, you know, about a... 45 minutes after I was done, which means they were listening. They, they were, were interested. They were engaged. They, a couple of them, as I recall, were students who were really given to uh, music, of course. That's oh, kind yeah. of, you know, like oh, your, yeah. that's your, my, your uh, first language. Right? That's, 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 that's <laughs> it. There was a drug for HB. Music would be it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I tell people all the time, man, the gift to be able 
especially on my show, because mm. I get to integrate personality, I get to integrate my music, I get to integrate guests doing great things in the community. So I get to do all the elements that I love, which is educate, empower, and entertain on a Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. And if somebody said, HB, what would you like to do if you was just on your free time? And it would be educate, empowering, and, and entertain. Entertain, and you do so, all of those you things. You know, it's well. like, man, you know, how good, you know, how bad can it be? <laughs> it's all good, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this has been uh, one of those uh, wonderful rides uh, that, that neither one of us, uh, honestly, foresaw. Uh, let's go all the way back to the very first time we met. Actually, Janelle Howard, uh, uh, who is uh, one of our uh, board members as well, actually introduced you and I, brought us on to the program, uh, and her connection through a church, and uh, then ultimately I got on the show, and we were talking about my movie book at the time, as I recall, and uh, from that time, you said to me immediately after the show, you need to have your own show, and within 10 days... We were live. We were live. We just kind of took off after that. And and really, the whole point of the show, while I was trying to get people on the show, and we did get a lot of folks on the show that were personal friends and I knew around the community and so on, we really did branch out uh, in lots of different ways. I was having meetings around Indianapolis with different people to see whether or not they'd actually Oh, you was getting to meet my community at, yeah. its, at, its, at its unfiltered, and, and I was trying, I guess what I'm trying to say is, People would be out to listen. Even you know, uh, they had a joke. Uh, one of my comedic friends has a joke. He's a national comedian. And he says same sex, same problems. So what he's saying is, even if you don't endorse gay marriage, they gonna deal with the same stuff that <laughs> to, to, to two heterosexuals are dealing with. Same, you know. So it doesn't matter if you're dealing with education. Uh, no matter what the level is, there's going to be something where if you have everything you think you have at your school, you're going to need more. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have enough at your school, your school, you're going to need more. So we're all dealing in the same. Right. So when I was listening to what you were speaking of and talking about uh, as a producer of the show and heard your candor and heard your delivery, um, really had no authority except five years into doing it and knew what made me work. Yeah. That said, you need to do your own thing. And somebody that was sitting next to you could actually talk. Uh, that's, of course, that's a whole funny story. And this goes back to mom, too, because uh, she tells the story about the first time I was given a microphone at the age of 11. Yeah. And I was announcing uh, the gym night and my little, you know, suit and everybody else is out there doing their gymnastics, but they couldn't do their gymnastics. So I announced it. So you announced it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think my, I, you know, and here's, speaking of culture, my notice that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in my culture, in the third grade, the Indiana Pacers, ABA team, Freddie Lewis was my hero. And he came up with public school number one, WIBC AM radio. You know, we didn't even have WTLC at the time. We didn't even have an urban station at the time. And uh, they needed somebody to do the safety spot where, you know, crossing the street, be yeah. safe, don't hit kids. And they chose me. Hmm. Okay. And Freddie Lewis is going to come. So me and Freddie Lewis did a commercial. Oh. And to show you the difference in enhancement versus people just, you know, that where they come from and what they know. Mm -hmm. Nobody in my community knew that there was a lifestyle of broadcasting because there were no black people broadcasting. Uh, they, you know, there wasn't nobody to look at yeah. to say HB could go jumbo. Well, I was jumbo. Jumbo could go be that mm -hmm. 
you know. Yeah. So basically, after that, it just it just went dead. Mm -hmm. Inside of me, I always felt like I should be talking to people, mm -hmm. but nobody ever. So when I would be at my family picnics, when I'd be at Thanksgiving, my culture told me. Jumbo, shut up, you talk too much. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Well, it's not sad, it's the reality. That's what oh. I'm trying to get people to understand about yeah. the differences in where we grow up. Yeah. Uh, we'll have we'll have in our community, my community, kids that are tinkering and, and always wanting to work with something. Mm -hmm. Boy, put that down. Mm -hmm. Well, in theory, being an educator, he's probably an engineer or a constructor or something. It's inside him that wants to build something. Yeah. But we don't know how to enhance that if we haven't been taught that. Right. So when we start talking about just the simplicities of the differences, those are some of the differences. One of the things that we've consistently talked about on this show is the necessity of understanding culture and context. And I wanted to go back to something you said uh, just a moment ago, that it really doesn't matter who you are, you know, sexual orientation or ethnicity or whatever the case. Uh, ultimately, to me, I always go back to Genesis 3, and when people say, well, this is an ethnic problem, it's an economic problem, well, those things may accentuate it, but honestly, these are all human problems, back to HB's point. These are human problems that uh, are fostered because of our own sinfulness. So from a Christian vantage point, we understand, HB and I, and every, uh, lots of other folks listening to the show, actually understand that the only way to overcome this is through the blood of Jesus, who's redeemed us from our sin. And so the, the baseline that we come from in this particular show, and uh, the faith that HB and I share, is this Christian belief that because Jesus has changed us, we know that Jesus can change other people. Yeah, and, and in that, in that, and the only place I would differ is that my my expansion in my Christianity is that if I want to help people know Christ, then they don't know Christ. So I can't have the expectations of them thinking like a Christian. Oh, exactly. And I no, but but I watch a lot of Christians uh, approach non-Christians yeah. and want them to buy the yeah. buy the goods without understanding. Right. They don't even know what they're buying. Yeah. And if they don't know what they're buying, how if you're not patient to try to show and just teach right. and you discard, and I watch a lot of Christians discard people because they don't believe like me. Well, let's go back to the Comenius Institute for just a minute. It's one of the reasons why way back in 2016, when we were starting this and, uh, you know, we started this with this intention, you came on the board a little bit later, but bottom line was we wanted to be inside the university. So uh, I went back to school again to get another degree, even though I have a PhD, I'm going back to school again, getting another degree. And the reason for that is that I can serve the university community at IUPUI. And by that, I mean, to serve faculty and students, to come alongside them, to shepherd them, to help them, and to be active in the public sphere so as to say to them, look, I'm not asking anything of you. I want to give to you, and this is my gift to you, my abilities that I teach. That's interesting. You know, that's interesting because that's kind of like where I was going to segue, especially with us sharing, you know, the Christian belief. Um, sometimes when I observe, especially endowed Christians, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Christians who are practicing, yeah. Christians who are reading, right. uh, Christians who are striving to say, okay, I got to this level, I need to go to the next level of my walk. Yeah. Uh, because see, I feel, a, I feel a commitment, just a personal commitment that, okay, what I learned last year isn't good enough anymore. Mm -hmm. I have to get stronger and deeper in my walk yeah. to, to really say, you know, I, you're, you're never arriving, so right. to speak. 
What do you think we need to do as Christians to get people to be, first of all, excited about wanting to know what this be? Because I have a lot of people that, that meet me and they say, HB, man, you just seem like you're so cool all the time. And then, I'm not going to try to explain to you under the, the knowledge that I have why I'm like I am. I'm going to try to show you every day that I see you so I'm not pushing you away, but you're, you're still attracted yeah. to this piece. Yeah. Uh, what do we need to do to probably get people more uh, inclined to say, let me try something? Yeah. yeah. So I would say there, there are two things that we need to emphasize at this juncture. I think it's the root and the fruit. So oh. the root. <laughs> Go ahead, OG. Uh, yeah, a little bit of poetry here. So the root means that you actually need to spend. You know, back to your point earlier. You need to spend some time in Scripture. You need to pray. You need to be alive to the Spirit of God who lives within you as a Christian, and allow that sanctification, that growth process, to take place. Something HP has been talking about. And alongside that, then the root. The, that's the root. The fruit is when you simply are displaying this to other people, to HB's point about, you know, you seem so cool and you're a man full of joy, and, and that's really what HB is, you know. Any of us who are believers ought to be looked at by unbelieving people, and they ought to be able to say, wow, there's something really I'm different. I'm attracted to I'm that. I'm attracted to that. That goes back to Titus again. Titus 2.10 says, our job, HB's job, those of us who are believers, is to attract people to the gospel. And we attract them not by preaching, we attract them by living. And, and you know, and, and that leads me to, to uh, this is good. You said we was going to hashtag it because yeah. these are questions I have a lot when I'm talking to my spiritual brother. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that a lot of times we, we discard others' beliefs. Mm. For instance, I met some very, very interesting, good, great people that don't share my Christian belief, but they have their belief. Yeah. And and I think as Christians, we need to be a little bit more, uh, I don't I don't think you should give up your belief, because I've got my belief. Mm -hmm. Sound standing mm -hmm. pat on mine. Mm -hmm. But I am not against other people sharing their belief with me um, who, who are really serving a power bigger than them. And it sounds like the same God I'm serving with some different texts. And then I think about my scripture, I wear what Jesus told the 12 disciples, you know, go get your partner mm -hmm. and don't take nothing, but go spread this word. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking Dr. Mark, there's two of the disciples today, left this room today. And we went into a room and started to express what we shared today. It would be so much alike, but then there would be something that I would convey that would be different than what you convey. Hence, here's my new religion. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we need to, to like be in depth when we read scripture to say those 12 disciples with that partner they took with them mm -hmm. did not go share the exact same message, but they shared enough to where the people they went to talk to would know that there's a power bigger and greater than them. And, and let's all just embrace that. I, so I'm like more into now I just, you know, I don't denounce somebody if they're not Christian. Oh, you know? no, but no, when no, I first became not. one, okay. When I first became one, you know, I was yeah. so adamant about being one. And if you ain't a Christian, something's wrong with you. Yeah. But now I'm like, you do what you need to do for you because, you know, especially winding this thing down, I'm going to hold my hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm hold the cards in my hand because, you know, I'm a Christian and that's what I believe. But I'm not knocking you if you don't. 
one of the things that uh, people ask me about as, as a Christian on the campus of IUPUI is how do you demonstrate uh, your Christianity to people uh, on the campus as, as an academician, as a professor, as a, as a teacher? And so my, my general response to that is all the time the same, and that is I don't think Christianity is better than something else. I think Christianity is different. Now, when you put Christianity next to everything else, I think it stands itself apart. That is, it's quite distinctive. But then I have these young Christians who come up to me, these young people I talk with, and they say, well, how do you do evangelism on the campus of IUPUI? What is it that, that you do to express Jesus to other people? And I smile and I say to them, I write really good research papers. <laughs> now, the, re the reason I say that is because my testimony and my witness is yes to my students, and I'm not preaching at them. That's, that's not my job there. That's, I teach a particular class. But my testimony, let's say, for instance, before faculty, is to demonstrate to them the respect that I hold in academics, which is what they respect. And they respect writing, and they respect the degrees, and they respect your teaching. So what do I want to do a really good job at? I want to do a good job at all three of those things. Absolutely. Because that's going to be the attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what people, people are attracted to, number one, uh, what they consider success. Mm -hmm. They're attracted to that. Right. They're also attracted to uh, when you're different. And it's like, to give us space with us. <laughs> but uh, when, when, when you, you draw attractiveness by your works, mm -hmm. that is something that I think people are always tuned into. Yeah. And then consistency. Yes, there, there's a really important one. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other night, and I was just telling her, when God gives you light, mm -hmm. and God kind of made me light. That, that's my interpretation from him to me. Mm -hmm. So when I show up any place, I have to be light. It doesn't matter about how bad my day is, because when you're, when you're given this gift to show up and be light, yeah. there's somebody there who's in the dark that needs that light. Yeah. And I don't have the chance or the opportunity to have a bad day, but I have the Savior to say when I go home in my bad day, okay, Lord, I went and gave that light, now I need you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and live that way. And, and that is something different um, in, in your responsibility, I think, as you continue to grow. Like yeah, I, said, I continue to grow. And now I'm not asking for anything. I'm always like, okay, God, what do I need to go give? Mm -hmm. And then with that true intention, mm -hmm. God always makes a way right. for, for something spectacular to happen, to happen in exactly. the world I live in. And, and I said, I'm, I'm going to play that trump card out, you know, right. the rest of my life. And, and, you know, people, when they find that, uh, there is a blessing and a peace. The two groups of folks that I deal with uh, specifically on the campus are students and faculty, which includes the whole campus. But <laughs> two different two, groups entirely. Two different groups. And then there are the two different groups who are the believers and the non-believers. And so when I get my evaluations at the end of a semester mm -hmm. and uh, students write in and they, they tell you stuff about whether or not you did well or whatever, I really hold those to me quite close to my heart because what the students say in the four semesters that I've been teaching there, what they say over and over again is they've never had a professor who cares as much mm -hmm. for them. And they've never had somebody who is so different than uh, everybody, every other professor on campus. There's it's, attraction. There's the attraction issue. And it's not, again, it's not because I'm talking about Jesus. I don't. I teach my class. But what they see is something different in me. 
and that's what attracts them. Because here, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because you know, in metaphor, uh, before Jesus was Jesus, he went up and tapped those twelve people and said, "Follow me, and I will make you fishermen of men." Mm -hmm. He wasn't Jesus yet. Mm -hmm. He was. He had to have an attraction to make these dudes recognize he was Jesus. Mm -hmm. But when he first came up, they didn't know. Uh, it'd be like, for instance, uh, uh, Brad Pitt walking up and say, I want to make you a movie star. If you knew he was Brad Pitt, you'd be jumping up, <laughs> you'd be jumping up, you'd be throwing the tools in the boat and say, I'm ready to go with your Brad. But if it was just a guy mm -hmm. who eventually turned out to be Brad Pitt mm -hmm. coming up and say, hey man, let's go make us some movies and we're going to make $20 million a year, blah, blah, blah. You think he was crazy. Yeah. But so that's what, you know, that, that, uh, proof in your pudding, mm -hmm. so to speak, is the attraction that the students have at IUPUI because they don't they don't know who you are yeah. except when you present yourself to be, and then that attractiveness now turns you into this doctor. Where when the uh, people coming behind them, if you can get that class with Doctor Emerald, mm -hmm. get to get in his class, mm -hmm. you know, blah blah blah. That's how that's how it happens. Yeah. It doesn't happen, you know, where you're this person and they know that. And they follow you, and that's the genuine, I think, uh, beauty of when when you're called. One of the things that uh, happened to me this last semester has actually happened to me in, in a few semesters. But uh, I, I've had students in my class as well. Let me back up and say I teach a course uh, for freshmen, and it's a baseline freshman course. Everybody's got to take it. There's probably like 50 sessions of this throughout this throughout the year of this particular course, and I just happen to teach two of them. Well, I had. One young man who I've like I've had others who said you know to me at the end uh, I've tried to put this course off for as long as I possibly could because I didn't think it had anything at all to do with what I was going to be doing with the rest of my life and this young man came up to me at the end of uh, the semester and uh, tears in his eyes and he said I never thought that a class like this would be so impactful on my life. And now he and I had had some real personal conversations about a few very personal things that were real that really mattered an awful lot to him. Without going into any detail at all, I'll just say that you know the the emphasis of attraction uh, between uh, as a Christian to those who are not Christians is really what we are to do on a regular basis. And uh, I'm a fade out and let you close this out. Okay. But my thing is not you know a lot of my preacher friends I always tell them. I'm impressed with the members you have in your church, but I'm more impressed when you get members who never knew the church. Yeah. And, you know, to preach to the right. same congregation every week and to yeah. talk to uh, people who are spiritually endowed, so to speak, to know what you're talking about and then yeah. have them agree with you, that's cool. Yeah. But what's great is when you can, as you mentioned, when you can meet some kids mm -hmm. at a school that doesn't have a clue yeah. about your, your, your faith-based preference and all that stuff, but there's something enough that's different that makes them want to be attracted. Yeah. I think that's what we're doing our jobs. And that's why I'm going to fade out let you end this up. Yeah, Thank man. I appreciate it, man. I love four you. years, man. Love you yes. back. Looking forward to uh, four more years. Who knows what the Lord might have in store for us here. Uh, we'd be, we'll be global. Yeah, global. There you go. And uh, I just want to end by talking about the Cominius Institute, of course, the importance of what we do uh, at the Cominius Institute. Uh, not only do I work at the college and interact with Christian uh, young people, but I'm also teaching there, interacting with 
uh, unbelieving students and faculty. Uh, I take that very, very seriously. I take my job there as a professor very seriously. I want to do it very well. Uh, this is a really important uh, aspect of the kind of life that God has given to us. We also have uh, all kinds of uh, video that are available for you. If you go to dominionsinstitute.org or .com, you'll see all kinds of video of my teaching. Uh, Truth in Two is one of the ways that we connect to culture. Uh, actually, this week we uh, did a Truth, Truth in Two on protest. What does protest mean? And what is the best way to protest? You, some of you might really be interested in, in what we had to say about that. And I'll also say that the connection to community is really huge for us. And I'm grateful for all of the different folks who have spoken out here. I see uh, some folks on HB's page that have uh, made a few comments. I really hope that you'll reach out to us. Uh, if you're friends with HB, if you're friends with me and say, hey, I know this person, I'd love to be, or maybe you yourself say, I wanna be on the show and talk about the things that are important to me as a Christian, doing good in the community. That's yeah, what we have time to answer this question, brother. Go for it. Uh, Candy Perry's on it and she's loving this. And she asks, do you feel free to express your faith freely in your position? How do you maintain the balance between sharing your faith and keeping the students at a distance? Ah, uh, that's a great question. Actually, uh, I had an opportunity for one young person to come up to me and, and say to me at the end of a class, are you a Christian? He had this real wrinkle look on his face. Are you a Christian? And I said, yes, I am. And uh, he, he laughed and he said, you used the word hermeneutics uh, when you were teaching today. He said, only Christians use the word hermeneutics. That's yeah, <laughs> funny. Well, one of the things that uh, young people know uh, when they begin to ask questions, and quite frankly, well, here's another story, uh, Candy. I just have to tell you this one because it's really funny. I had this one young man. This was a couple of years ago now. Um, he said to me, you know, I took your class. And the reason why I took your class was this. He said, I had a choice between a professor who rated 2.5 out of 5 on Rate My Professor and you. So I Googled you and found out that you were a Christian theologian. He said, between the two professors, I thought I'd take a shot with a Christian theologian. <laughs> he and I still laugh about that. And he is uh, not a believer, but he still wants to meet with me. He still wants to talk with me, all of those kinds of things. So do people know who I am? Oh, my word. I'm all over social media. Everybody knows who I am. Uh, certainly the faculty do at IUPUI. But there's a mutual respect. And the respect is like it is for any vocation. What do you care about most? They care about most degrees, your teaching, and your writing. And so those are the things that are really emphasized there. Thanks so much for asking that question. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us today. Next week, don't want to miss next week, Damon Lane's going to be on. He is all about manhood, and wait till you see how he dresses. I cannot wait to see him on, on Facebook Live. You've been listening to Warp and Move Radio, Radio Next. Uh, dot, yeah. RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We'll be with you again next week at 11 o'clock with Damon Lane. Don't miss that. We'll see you then.